0: We learned that there was a need to have affirming and welcoming spaces for Black and Brown entrepreneurs, preferably in a Black or Brown neighborhood, to provide co-work, access to you know, basic things like technology, printer, um, and where folks could really feel like they could be themselves and connect to other entrepreneurs who look like them.
1: Forward, the official podcast of Forward Cities. I'm your host, Roger Satterwhite, Communications Manager at Forward Cities. Forward Cities is a national nonprofit equipping communities and regions to grow and sustain more equitable entrepreneurial ecosystems. In this episode, we will be learning more about the Minimum Viable Solution or MVS program in Indianapolis, Indiana a pop-up entrepreneur hub and co-working space. We will hear from Ford Cities local director, Kalia Ligon, about the hub's logistics and from entrepreneur and owner of Baggish, Raven Carter, about her journey and experience at the hub. Hi Kalia, could you introduce yourself to our audience again and welcome back.
0: Thank you, Raja. Uh, my name is Kalia Ligon, I am the local director um, Uh, for Community Entrepreneurship in Indianapolis for um, our CEA work.
1: And what is your role in Indy?
0: My work here in Indianapolis um, has been to um, connect the ecosystem, um, specifically to provide greater support to Black and Brown entrepreneurs in three specific neighborhoods in Indianapolis. So I've been working in that capacity for Almost two years now.
1: And could you tell the audience more about the MBS pilot program again, uh, minimal viable solution program that was that took place in your community entrepreneurship accelerator
0: here in Indianapolis? Was the culturally affirming co work space with business incubator? Because it was a pilot, um, the incubator piece was not uh, really carried out. Um, we focus really more on the co-work piece of that.
1: And how did you arrive at this first NBS? Like how, how did you know this needed to happen?
0: Mm-hmm. So we have um, a innovation council and we also engaged with entrepreneurs via a survey um, last summer and um, with a springtime Um, Entrepreneur Assembly um, in 2019 as well, back when you you could meet face-to-face in large groups. So in having those conversations with entrepreneurs, reviewing the surveys, and connecting with the members of our Innovation Council, uh, we learned that there was a need to have affirming and welcoming spaces for Black and brown entrepreneurs Preferably in a black or brown neighborhood to provide co work access to you know basic things like technology, printer, um, and where folks could really feel like they could be themselves and connect to other entrepreneurs who look like them. So in our co work space, one of the things that was really important to us was the aesthetic. Right, it was really important for us for the space to look and feel nice. So. My consultant um, Dia Adisa with the Kepper Institute connected with um, some local artists, Omar Rashan and Gary G. Um, to curate the art for our space, and they did a really fantastic job. So the art out of this world, um, and we also um, leaned on local business owner um, Dave Sicklesfield at RDS Furniture to provide the furnishings. And so we were able to select some really high quality um, and colorful uh, furniture as well that gave a lot of interesting aesthetic to the space. We also worked with another co-work space called Nexus um, here on the north side of Indy, and they were willing to um, give us some of their overage. You know, they had lots of tables and desks that they weren't using um, because they just had inherited so much in their own space. And so they were um, just really fabulous in providing that to us. So the aesthetic was really important to us. Um, so people had comfortable places to sit and work. Um, we were able to um, purchase a really great Wi-Fi package. Um, we also had opportunities for people to um, print if they needed to. Um, you know, there were just some of the basics in like a kitchenette type area. Um, and then we also, you know, had like an information uh, area too. So information from various entrepreneur support organizations made available as was, um, you know, just some simple things like announcements on the blackboard and the whiteboard um, in the space about different resources uh, that were available, especially things that were time sensitive. Um, and so overall, you know, we were just trying to provide a place where people could come and just get some work done, um, working on their business plans, you know, even meeting with customers um, if they needed to. Um, and so overall, it was a really big success. We had a lot of people come through and participate in more traditional co-working um, type of activities. And then we also offered uh, win- uh, workshops on Wednesdays. Those
1: sound- Like, they were much needed and appreciated. Um, And so before you opened the doors to this physical space, what were some of the goals you had outlined for this program?
0: So we were really intentional in the space. You know, when someone would come to the door, they were welcomed. They were encouraged to sign in. And then we would ask them a little bit about their business. And we would go connect them with other people in the space who had a business that might be complimentary, um, maybe they could do some B2B you know, work or perhaps just learn from each other. Um, and so that was a really um, great part of the space that I haven't personally seen um, in action in other co-work spaces where people are being formally introduced to one another with intention, just walking through the door. You know, In terms of our goals for this co-work space, um, we met or exceeded several of the goals um, in terms of, you know, people attending who were coming from our focused neighborhoods. Um, so we were very pleased with um, connecting with the people that we wanted to connect with and them using the space um, on one or more occasions um, to, you know, connect um, and, you know, get some work done uh, to further their business endeavors.
1: And so thinking about your timeline, because MVS's um, are not designed to be long term solutions, but instance testing a possible solution that could be developed into a larger systems change. um, How was your timeline impacted by COVID-19 and movements for racial justice and equity?
0: Yeah, so um, you know it's it's definitely been a difficult 2020. Um, it'd be fantastic if we could hit a do-over button, um, but what we experienced relative to our co-work space um, was that we had to end the pilot a week early. So we had intended to um, run the pilot for five weeks, and um, COVID um, was becoming an apparent threat. Um, at that, I would say, maybe second week in March. And so, we ended our co-workspace pilot on March 14th instead of March
1: 21st. And what are some of the barriers that remain um, as it relates to the barrier you were trying to solve for?
0: Well, I mean, right now, I think it's, it's different, right? Because we're in a COVID nineteen economy, um, and so when we first, you know, ideated um, this particular project, we weren't—we um, didn't know that COVID was on the horizon. And so I think that, generally speaking, there is still a need for entrepreneurs to collaborate with each other to, um, you know, see the representation uh, that they provide for each other. Um, to build that social and financial capital um, that can sometimes be done in b 2 b relationships, um, through partnerships, um, and sharing of information and resources. Um, and so I, I imagine that that really needs to be taken online. Um, Kepper Institute, um, as an outgrowth of what we piloted, Um, had already had intentions to start a business incubator called Alchemy and their Alchemy incubator um, is essentially going virtual um, at this point. So they've been testing uh, the virtual opportunity uh, following our in-person opportunity and I'm really excited to see where that goes.
1: That's awesome to hear um, the innovation taking place in light of our current circumstances.
0: I think that what we started uh, with that co-work space um, and the Entrepreneur Hub pilot is, you know, going to continue. Um, I don't think that the need necessarily changes. It's just the way in which the service may be delivered. You know, I look forward to a uh, post-COVID-19 world, but I don't know that we'll ever truly be the same, and certainly um, new precautions would need to be put into place um as it relates to in-person um co-working so that we can just be you know cognizant of our safety uh, for ourselves and for our neighbors
1: yes um, great points and in that same vein now having completed this process this minimal viable solution process what can what kind of tips or um ideas would you share with ecosystem builders and system leaders who are considering um, either conducting similar programs or interested in this kind of work?
0: Yeah, so, you know, I'm making an assumption or or perhaps it's it's stating the obvious that, you know, organizations that were looking to set up co-working spaces didn't see black and brown neighborhoods as viable um, locations. And, you know, I think we definitely, in our four-week pilot, um, proved that wrong. Um, So this is um, something that um, Black and Latinx people want to experience. And um, I'm glad that we were able to connect it um, in a neighborhood that's very reflective um, of that demographic. So, you know, I think, you know, talking with entrepreneurs um, and learning about their needs directly from them, Um, And then being able to bring that uh, into fruition um, alongside our innovation council to think through, you know, what needed to take place um, and the working group that we created um, to help to develop the space, um, I think was really critical, Um, you know, really narrowing in or honing in on what those needs were. We know that we were meeting people's needs um, because we offered them Um, the types of workshops they asked for, and we got positive feedback. We know that people were making connections to each other and um, ultimately, you know, just felt valued, um, which is a big part of um, what needs to take place in the ecosystem as well.
1: Thank you so much, Kalia, for joining us again. Thanks, Klaja. Up next, I chat with Raven Carter, multiple business founder, about her experience at the co working space. Hi, Raven. Hello. Could you introduce yourself to our audience, please?
2: Uh, my name is Raven Carter. I am a owner of a new company called Baggish, which will be like a, a consignment mobile consignment space for small businesses to have items that they sell. I was recently um, a part of the Alchemy Entrepreneur Hub at Kepra, and so I'm glad to, to be here today.
1: Wonderful and how did you come across the program itself?
2: I did a pitch fest with Source River West Which I won, by the way. Afterwards, a couple of people approached me um, to tell me about um, a few of the programs being offered by Kepra. And one of them was the Entrepreneur Hub, which kind of worked out perfectly because uh, I was actively looking for a space to meet with potential clients for the business I was looking to launch. So I went to the open house, heard a little bit about the program, and I felt it was perfect for what I was needing. And it, it's only two minutes away, which made it even better. So it's right in my neighborhood. The Entrepreneur Hub was right at 38th and Illinois.
1: What drew you to the program? What clicked for you that, you, that was something you needed to participate in? So
2: um, I do have another business, uh, which I make handmade jewelry, and that business I kind of started haphazardly, so I just kind of like rumbled my way through what I thought I needed to do, and I didn't really set it up correctly. Um, So when it came to this new business, I knew I I needed to do uh, a little more work with setting it up because... It, it not only would involve my business, but other businesses as well. And so I wanted to make sure it was structured correctly. And so one of the things or some of the things that the um, hub offered was classes on how to set up your business, how to iron out your idea, and networking. Um, so I could like bounce ideas off of other entrepreneurs or new to the, the industry. And so I love that aspect. Um, and going to some of the classes it did um, give me a lot of information on what I needed to do uh, prior to like formalizing Um, and then it gave me insight on possible funding sources. Um, So I I found it really helpful. Um, Also because I'm looking to work with other small businesses I needed a space where I could meet with them talk over the idea, potentially look at their their products that they have for sale. So I did utilize the, the uh, co-working space as well. And then like they had the printer and the, the wifi. So it all was exactly what I needed at the time. So I really appreciate it. And I know it kind of um, paused because of COVID, but I, I really um, would love for that to be something that continued.
1: And that's exactly what I was curious to hear about, Um, just some of the benefits you had of being at the co-working space. You said the classes and the opportunity to have that physical space to meet with other small businesses.
2: I would say I utilize the hub maybe three to four times a week. Like Mm -hmm. I was up there a lot. I probably took two classes a week. And then I was there in the evenings, either meeting with someone or working personally. Um, I found it really helpful to get out of my own space because I I do not only, well, now I am working my main job from home, but I was also running my business from home. And then you have your home life. So it kind of gets all... uh, it kind of runs together. So having mm-hmm. another space where you can um, kind of escape to and then kind of focus on just one task, it it made it more productive, right? Like, I didn't have to worry about people stopping by, washing dishes, washing clothes, you know. <laughs> so uh, it made it more productive. I, so I, uh, like I said, I, I did the classes. Um, I met with Um, a business partner there. Um, I met with a potential uh, client there. I met a few wonderful um, connections. Um, I know one person was looking to purchase the land right across the street from there. And so we were in discussion that when I launched, I could come there and kind of set up and sell, which would be awesome. It, it did give me a lot of use so that just the connections alone were awesome but then you also have that great space and the great location that
1: I really enjoy. So glad to hear that that was a benefit to you and so could you speak a little bit more to any of how COVID, uh, recent uh, movements for racial and social justice, how that has shifted how you work? Uh, Prior
2: to COVID, um, the spring, summer, early fall would be my biggest season for my jewelry business, which is called Stylish Designs. COVID hit at the beginning of that season. So that business has really, it it really did take a hit. But I don't have a large overhead expense with that business because it's really reliant upon like me purchasing supplies Um, and if i'm not making to sell then i really don't have supplies to purchase but financially that business did take a hit which is not a huge hit you know it it isn't to the point where i'm like this business needs to close but it is to the point where i thought this was going to be like the best year of the business and it didn't turn out so So with that one, I I just kind of put a pause on it and I'm going to revisit next spring. But the new business, I now have to think about like, not only the, because I do want to work with other small black businesses. So I want to, I have to think about the markets we go into because before I wasn't really like, concerned you know if there was a fair or a carnival or um, I could work with other businesses to utilize their private space like I just thought that was great but now it's like this underlying question like would not only myself but the product that I'm selling for these other entrepreneurs is this the best place for it is this the best Mm -hmm. market for it Uh, I don't know. You just kind of have to. I have to think twice about like the types of locations that I choose to pop up at, and I think I think that's something that I really have to think about going
1: forward. Because the resource center, the um, entrepreneur hub had to pause. Um, have you been able to stay connected with Kepra either? virtually or with any of the connections and the networking you've done, were you able to still connect with people? Yes, So, well, kind of. Um, So the baggage, the
2: consignment, mobile consignment space, I also put that on hold, but I didn't pause the research. So I'm still looking at purchasing my trailer, getting it billed out and everything. But I was, you know, uh, Kepra sends out emails, and I I follow them on social media. So I, I'm aware of a lot of the, the different um, e-learning type of classes that they have, and I have attended a few. I kind of, I'm, I'm a data analyst in my daytime job. So I'm, I kind of feel like you can never have too much information, right? Right. So uh, anything that they send, if I have free time, I am going to like tune in. I will continue to kind of absorb as much information as I can. And uh, I I find it uh, very useful uh, because I can actively see what's on the schedule, you know, what kind of uh, classes they're having. Like I can't attend everything because Um, I do have my mother here that I'm taking care of. But as much as I can, I do try to attend some of those classes.
1: Just if you were able to speak directly to um, people who are working to support entrepreneurs in either changing systems, providing legislation, or um, those community supports, what are some things you would like to see in your local community and just for entrepreneurs?
2: A source for entrepreneurs to go to to find any of the knowledge that they need, right? So when I was first starting Stylish, I had no idea where to look for this information. You know, how do you start a business? Like I had no idea where to find that. But besides like a library of information, there needs to be also some kind of like like financial benefit for small businesses. Like I have this business to launch and it's going to be a huge undertaking financially. And it would be nice to be able to get... Um, a small business loan, but a small business loan requires you to have so many years in business, you know, which I'm finding, or I have to do a personal loan, which I don't, I don't have a problem doing, but it would be nice if there was resources where um, you could either, you know, uh, utilize the business aspect, you know, to get funding, and everything that I'm finding just really wants to just do your personal finances, you know, It's really hard to figure out how to get started with the financial aspects Um, and I think if there were better resources on like how do you go about doing that I think that would be
1: great. Thank you so much for sharing that and that's something I've heard as far as like what entrepreneurs need is like you said a one-stop place where people could find the information and resources Um, especially capital
2: like they have you know how um in college you have like office hours for your ta where you could just pop in and ask the question you know if they had something like that where um people like if they do have a question like they could maybe pop into the waiting room and zoom and then someone could take one at a time and answer their question, um, I think that would be a great resource. So I just want to say, if you're interested, if you have a product that you sell, uh, you can reach out to Baggish Shop on Instagram. Uh, we will be uh, getting our contracts together and taking on customers. So if you would like to know more about Baggage, you can
1: uh, hit me up on Instagram at Baggage Shop. Awesome. Thank you so much. We'll be sure to include those details and instructions in the show notes. Um, But thank you, Raven, for spending time with us on Forging Forward. Thank you. Thank you. I enjoyed it. This has been another episode of Forging Forward. Tune in next time as we discuss the building of E3 Network and entrepreneurial resource navigation in Pittsburgh. To learn more about our work, be sure to check out the important links in the show description or visit forwardcities.org. Until next time, support Forging Forward by subscribing, telling a friend or colleague about the show, rate and leave a review, and most importantly, take care. Forging Forward was made possible by Forward Cities. Many thanks to Christopher Gergen, Faye Horwitz, Nicholas Gunkel, Michelle Benham, Simone Fogg,
0: Kalia Liggin, and Raven Carter.